0: Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features Matt Fowler, co-owner and director of operations at Hometronics of Arkansas, LLC. In 2014, Matt invested in Hometronics with his father while a senior at Tulane University, but chose to pursue his career in the Marine Corps and later in the wine industry. In 2019, with the company at a crossroads between growing at a faster rate or keeping the status quo, Matt agreed to join the family business as an executive with the focus on growing and scaling the integration firm. We live streamed this interview on our One Firefly Facebook page on Wednesday, September 16th, 2020 at 12:30 p.m. Eastern Time. In this conversation we discussed how Matt's time in the Marine Corps impacted his role as a leader, how to grow and scale an integration firm, Hometronics growth during COVID and Matt's approach to marketing and creating a strong digital presence. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do as well. Let's jump into my interview with Matt Fallop. Matt, how are you, sir?
1: I'm good, how are you doing, Ron?
0: I'm doing good, man. Matt, uh, where are you coming to us from? Where are you you located?
1: So I am in Jonesboro, Arkansas, in Northeast Arkansas. We're about uh, an hour from Memphis, for those of you that need help getting Arkansas on the map. Uh, in about two hours from Little Rock.
0: Okay. And does anyone actually pronounce it Arkansas or is it always Arkansas?
1: It's always Arkansas. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. I, I, I clearly... mean, people,
1: people, I think maybe from Kansas might say that, and people you meet that are trying to be funny say that. I don't know. It's always Arkansas.
0: Yeah. Boo to those people. It's Arkansas. Yeah. All right, and we, uh, Matt, we have some people already jumping into the the feed here, and uh, and I had already dropped on the screen earlier, but I'll do it again. We have John now. John is with you, correct? John's with Home. John
1: is John is with HomeTronics, so I'm sure he'll ask all the hard-hitting questions that he wants to ask me in private. But we'll try to give me that.
0: I've up. seen John on some podcasts. So what what is John's role within HomeTronics?
1: Yeah, so John was one of the first hires uh, that they made at Home Tronics. Um, you know, started out in kind of the tech side, quickly moved into sales. Really took off grew the company. Has maintained sales, and I like to say he's our industry uh, connection. We kind of let him loose. He's great at developing relationships. So your me and inter- my dad are very behind the scenes. We don't, you know, not too much our world.
0: All right. Well, you've heard it, John, uh, straight from the horse's mouth. You have to ask all the hard hitting questions and I'll just I'll put them right up on screen and we'll, we'll watch Mac, Matt, Matt uh, sweat. Um, I'm just kidding, Matt. I'm not going to do that to you.
1: So, bring it on. We bring
0: can. it on. All right. So Matt, let's go back to the, let's go back to the beginning. How did you, uh, what's your background look like and how did you ultimately land uh, in the role you are today with HomeTronics?
1: Yeah, so um, background's Marine Corps after college, uh, officer in the Marine Corps, did my time there, uh, ended up in Quantico, Virginia, training other uh, lieutenants who were about to go out into the fleet. Um, From there, I really wanted to stay in Northern Virginia for a little bit. Um, I wasn't quite ready to be back to Arkansas, so got into the wine industry. Wine's a big passion of mine um, in the healthiest way possible um i was gonna say and, wine's a
0: passion of mine but only the consuming part of yeah, it so no, yeah were I you in the consuming
1: side or the business side both uh you know obviously you got to consume to know it right um but no I, I am qualified in wine i you know have some w set certifications uh, wine spirit education trust so for those of you that have seen like Psalm, i'm not quite to that level but
0: I no i i've i listened to a podcast that talked about some the, I think it was a Netflix documentary, it is, correct? Yeah. So there are different classifications to ultimately become the highest ranking sommelier. So are you one of those classifications?
1: So it's a different uh, qualification process, but I am on the board. I will say, <laughs> I'm not quite. I would definitely never will be, or do I even desire to put in the effort to be at that level? Um, but I, I, I went up to W set level three. Um, which is one step below getting your diploma of wine, which is about a two-year process. Um, That's when I got a little burnt out.
0: Okay, so can you wear a blindfold, and if you were given various wines, could you tell the difference between a $10, $20, $50, and $100 bottle of wine? Is that even possible?
1: You know, I think there's quality wines at every price point. And, you know that's one of the first things you realize a lot of people you know and you see it in, our, in this industry as well a lot of people are you know they really want to buy luxury they might buy a speaker worth a thousand dollars that i could have bought you know for a hundred bucks or, um just because of the name or whatever the case may be um so i mean as you try more and more and i've worked for total wine um in virginia and so you know they have a portfolio of about eight thousand wines so we tried a lot and you find them all across Board. Uh, One of my favorite and my go-to white wines is this (laughs) cheap Chénin Blanc from South Africa, and you know I had it next in my favorites. There's my fifty-dollar cab, right next to a six-dollar bottle of Chénin Blanc, and people are like, "That doesn't make sense." But you know, if you find the quality, the price point can be anywhere.
0: What do you have an opinion on the Josh wines? Like we're particular fans of the ten to twelve-dollar Josh wines, uh, the Cabernet. They're gonna.
1: Yeah, I mean most of that range they're producing their key is to produce consistency year in year out. They're not, you know, coming in for the blockbuster 100 point rated wines. They want to get as many people to buy as many bottles as possible and to do that they have to make the same so their, you know, 2016 versus 2017 versus 2018 should taste the same. So I mean, good quality wine, good price point
0: all right that's 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 good to know so i i'd love i won't, I won't call you i won't your call favorite. you a bomb. well i I don't know it wouldn't be the worst i've been called but uh it it is i I love a number of ten to twenty dollar bottles of wine and i've struggled to consistently and I'm admitting my ignorance here on air that i i i've I've always struggled to really understand the the regular forty to fifty dollar bottle of wine or greater. I just I don't know. Do you have to have a, a particular color uh, flavor palette to to get that, or is it no? Is a lot, I mean, a that, and
1: that's kind of the business side of it, right? Um, so if you look at Josh, you know buying ten dollars, they're going to have a huge vineyard. They're sourcing a lot of grapes. They're blending it all together to give you consistency. You go up to that 40 fifty dollar, they're buying it from a maybe not a single vineyard, but just a couple vineyards. A um, lot less or a lot more room for error. Um, and a lot, you especially like those finicky grapes that can, a lot can go wrong in winemaking, you're going to see a higher price point on those just because a lot more risk goes into it, just like anything else in business. If I put in more risk, I want, I need a higher price. Or if I don't have enough, uh, quantity, you know, and I can't sell the volume I need. That's just how, it, that's how it gets priced. And then some get a little outrageous because their names get out there and they get some name recognition. And then all of a sudden they start slapping Three figures on to a bottle of wine, and it just because the name alone.
0: It's it, there's no. It's very little different than maybe a fifty dollar bottle. You know, the hundred and twenty dollar bottle mm-hmm. is just branding and marketing at that point.
1: Yeah, it's all marketing and branding.
0: Gotta love marketing. I
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's your plug.
0: There you go. Sometimes it lets you charge more money. That's yeah. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. So uh, Marine Corps, what what was your role in the Marine Corps? I mean, how did that happen?
1: Yeah. So. Um, Something I always wanted to do. Um, you know, almost joined out of high school, kind of that classic, like I would have done it, but whatever. Um, wanted to go to college. The recruiters here were only interested in getting kids out of high school. No one ever told me about ROTC, that that was even a thing. Um, so I went down to Tulane in New Orleans, and it just so happened to have the one of the, not the largest, but one of the larger uh, naval ROTC units. So I had some friends that I made in that. Um, I never actually joined ROTC, which was great because they walked around with their nice haircuts and I walked around with a beard, um, all day. And, but during the summer, you know, would go do all my training for Marine Corps afterwards, uh, became an artillery officer, never deployed or anything fun. No, no fun stories there. Um, ended my time there training future lieutenants in, um, the academics department. At what is called the basic school, which is six months of training for all Marine Corps officers to teach them basic infantry tactics. So, yeah you know, that was, it was Quantico, fun. correct? Yes. Yeah.
0: Something I'm from Virginia, so I, I only vaguely remember Quantico. Isn't there some type of special forces or something is based out of Quantico?
1: You're probably thinking FBI. There you go. The, F, the FBI training facility is in Quantico but that was separate from the military that is separate yeah so they're they're just located on a marine corps base
0: i see okay what uh well, well we'll get into it but i certainly want to circle back to the military i'm i'm curious in your role in leadership and operations what some of those takeaways you know from that strong military upbringing how that's affected you know how you look at this industry and and leading others in this industry um So let's make sure we come back to that topic, but I I do want to get the full snapshot of how you landed at HomeTronic. So what, what was approximately the year when you left, uh, the Marines?
1: I left the Marines in April of 2018. Yeah. 2018. So So pretty, pretty somewhat recently, about two and a half years ago. Um, you know, went and worked at a winery for a couple months before settling down at total wine um, which is headquartered out of bethesda maryland and for those who don't know you know natural national retailer and uh wine beer and spirits so glorified liquor store um but you know but a like nice the Walmart big one, yeah you wear a tie every day you know so it's professional um and they do very good education and that was kind of the key there um uh, so about a year and i guess a couple months into that i was in northern virginia and ultimately was ready to make the move back home i'd always intended to come back to arkansas i didn't know when it was going to be um, i actually didn't intend to come back to home tronics um but i was kind of looking to see what i should do next with my life you know i was 25 so um everyone at that age is kind of looking to make that next career jump or get a promotion or whatever the case may be. So I was applying to law schools, MBAs, um, got a couple full rides. And ultimately was like, I'll get the real life MBA by just going, working for the family. who's always done very well in business. Uh, So ultimately decided to come back, work with home products and my dad, uh, as a learning opportunity as something, you know, to really learn so that someday I can then go off on my own and start. Whatever I find to start,
0: I I believe working in a business, uh, in a leadership or executive role or whatever role is is a much, my opinion, much better education than a business school. It's going to teach. Oh yeah, you so and much of course everything
1: of you read now is like MBAs are worthless. So I was like, that doesn't sound fun, and I don't want to be a lawyer. I just want a law degree for some reason. So yeah. <laughs> I just well, you was, can have
0: like, like bucket list. Yeah, I get law degree. Check. You yeah, no, just want the degree.
1: That's three years of school that I don't want to waste three years. I can take three years, make money and learn a lot more about business, even with the headaches.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you joined the business, but uh, and I learned this, I've learned this over the past year and in, in getting to know you, you had a condition under which you wanted to join the family business, HomeTronics. Mm-hmm. It wasn't obvious that you would come back. What was that condition?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I was looking at it. Um, I'd kind of, you know, told my dad I was wanting to look, I was looking at moving back to Arkansas and looking at jobs and whatever. Um, and he asked, you know, if I wanted to come join Hometronics. So I started looking into it really heavily and looking at where we were. Um, and I thought we kind of were at a crossroads, um, in the sense that we'd hit, we'd hit scale. So, you know, we were making money. Uh, but I thought there was, ton of room to grow. I thought we had a ton of, we had the right amount of market share in our region. Uh, But if we wanted to get any bigger, we were going to have to branch out and start looking at those opportunities, making more hires, opening a new office, whatever the case may be. And so my condition was, I basically just point blank asked, are we settling for where we're at now and just going to fight year after year to hit this number? Or are we going to keep going to the next level and keep improving? Um, And I was only interested in coming back if we were going to keep growing because no one wants to join a company that's settling and is happy where they're at. I don't, I just don't believe in. I think
0: some, some do. It's all about those life choices and what works, you know, us all being brave enough to know what we want. And it sounds like you knew what you wanted. You wanted a growth opportunity. Right. And did you confront dad and have that conversation and he said, yeah, let's do it? Or how did that go? Yeah.
1: You know, like my family, we've always worked together. Um, I guess I'd be the newest addition to that, the family business. But um, they, you know, since my dad and uncle were old enough, they started working in KFC stores at like 14, because back then you could. Uh, And so you know, that, that's how long they've all been together. So it, we, I was raised in a, there's a very good separation between personal and professional. So I mean, I don't mind having that like, Hey, I think we're settling, let's grow. And I'm only coming back if we grow. So what what is, so you joined the business.
0: Am I doing the math? You did join the business in 18?
1: No, uh, it would have been October of last year, 2019.
0: Okay. So we're literally, we're about 10 months in. I was going to say, well, I'm looking at the calendar. This looks like 11 months in.
1: Yeah, something around there. At least track of time. But if you, I don't know if you remember, but I think the first time we ever talked was actually my second day at HomeTronics.
0: I don't think I remembered. I, yeah, knew, you so were, I, I, I knew you were green-ish. Please don't be offended. But I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know that was, was two days green.
1: Yeah, no, you're asking me, like, what brands do y'all carry? And I was like, no idea. <laughs> like, Are y'all more residential or commercial? I was like, no clue. So... But obviously, know those things now. Eleven months in, Yep. But yep. you know, my my main priority back then was to create an online presence, something professional that when people find us, they want to, you know, it's they've already been sold, and start driving in those leads. So that's why I contacted you so early.
0: So I'm going to circle back to
1: the military.
0: Uh, how many years were you in the military?
1: So four years, or three and a half years.
0: Three years, and you were yeah. teaching in quantico you were teaching lieutenants second lieutenants correct yep. and so you were teaching Absolutely leaders
1: internet.
0: yeah what what's i mean your your military background is fresh what it what, is. what what are you able to apply or what really resonates with you that you're able to apply to your taking on a, a leadership role within Hometronics?
1: yeah and you know i think a lot of that leadership you know gets applied every day just how to lead, leading by example. I mean, I can, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot of uh, keywords here, but like leading by example, not being complacent, that pay that attention to detail, the things that I think get tossed aside, especially when you get busy, keeping your, you know, van clean, what's our appearance to the outside world, that professionalism, let's, you know, not show up in a t-shirt and look like garbage. Um, small things like that, that's very military, like very, especially Marine Corps. Uh, that's something you bring to the, t- I bring to the table every day and I'll go out there and I'll back, Hey, we need to clean these vans because there's bugs all over them and that looks bad. Um, so it seems simple. It almost seems like a no brainer, but once you start getting busy and that complacency sets in, it's going to affect everything we do. When you go to a job site, are you going to start, are you going to clean that up? Cause your van's dirty. Um, so that kind of stuff, um, I try to stay away, you know, day to day with HomeTronics by using some of the terms that we would use, like. Um, you know, attacking the point of friction, right? So the biggest job I have is one of the first things I did was I laid out our entire process from lead generation, marketing, all the way to billing and then service. And I looked at each step of that process. I was like, where are the inefficiencies? And I placed myself wherever the greatest inefficiencies are in order to fix those. Um, So, you know, I'm sure that's what John wants to ask all the questions about because he was one of the first people I focused on uh and, <laughs> but uh you know and but that's what we were doing like billing was inefficient when i first came on board uh you know our payment we weren't getting paid quick enough but i saw we've now cut that by almost 100% in terms of how fast we get paid um you know obviously there was almost no marketing lead generation besides referrals and word of mouth to speak of which is why i called you day 2 um and now i'm focusing more and more on the project management side of things, the warehouse operations, the, when the guys show up in the morning, get them out the door as fast as possible. So, I mean, it's like, if you wake up first thing in the morning and all of a sudden you can't find your toothbrush, you can't find your razor, you can't find the eggs to cook your breakfast, your day's in disarray to start, start off. So if you can implement someone in the back and put them in there and put them in the guy's lives to like, they show up, they're ready to go. It's literally like, go to the bathroom, grab some coffee, whatever you need to do. We're getting out the door, we're getting billable hours right out of the gate. So, I mean, that's, that's the things I focus on. That's really what the Marine Corps helped me and brought me, like brought was allowed allowed me to bring to the table here.
0: Are you still affiliated with the, the military? Are you I'm reserves not, or something?
1: No. I, I am out okay. and free.
0: You're out and a free man. Free man, and for all of those uh, veterans that are listening and/or people in their active reserves, uh, we thank you for your service. And Matt, certainly, thank you for your service. Um, it's very impressive that so many are willing to volunteer and do that to protect us all. Um, how is how's business, man? How are you guys handling COVID? And uh, you know, obviously, it was scary there for a bit, and and a lot of people hurt pretty pretty badly for a bit and now things at least in some markets seem to have flipped to the other extreme so yeah. what what's your reality what are you seeing and you know we got we, correct you're in northeast, in northeast arkansas?
1: arkansas so arkansas as a whole we got you know we got we were blessed uh, you know we were watching some of our friends in new york new jersey and some of these other states have to just completely shut down you know i think we all got declared for the most part essential workers but you know, our job is to go into people's houses. So a lot of the stuff I'm sure like they weren't allowed to do. Uh, that never happened for us. So, you know, we, I think we had a two week period where we shut down, but didn't really shut down. And, you know, we were essential central worker. It already been happened, So like no one ever, nothing ever really slowed down here. Uh, there was a point where I was. Did sales slow
0: down? Did customers stop calling or it, it, no. it stayed business?
1: Uh, one, as we had one customer reach out and say, can I get my deposit back? We want to wait to see how everything plays out. And ultimately, they ended up, you know, they asked us to come. They wanted their deposit back, but then they wanted us to fix, like, something small, like, go do an Apple TV or something. We're like, hey, we'll send our guy out. Our guy wore full PPE, very just professional, did what he was supposed to do, sanitized the air, entire area he worked at. And they called us, like, never mind, keep the deposit. Let's do the project. Um, so that was, like, the only thing that we even got close to getting hit by. Um, now, I think for a second there, people hesitated. So there may have been a few weeks there where people were hesitating. And we heard from a couple of customers, like, let's wait to see how things play out. It didn't last long. Uh, We are now having the greatest quarter that we've ever had um, in terms of sales. So, you know, I know it's kind of late in 2020. So a lot of that's looking to shape out in 2021. Um, So, I mean, we're looking to have a huge, huge next year. Um,
0: That that matches. Last week, I interviewed uh, Josh uh, from Portal and uh between he and then kirk the ceo they were uh, he was emailing me live during the show and he messaged me a graph that that i was allowed to talk about on air and it's mirroring what you're saying now he he stated that june and then july and then august were their highest rate of converted proposals on the portal platform in company history which is matching what you're saying which is you just q3 is going to be your best closed sailor, best, or best.
1: and hopefully q4 is follows suit and keeps going from there we added a sales guy you know we, we opened up in northwest arkansas so with a new market new sales um we're looking obviously to hire new techs always um hard to come by but we have a few green guys who are training to get up there but uh, you know, we're growing and growing and it's not slowing down. So, I mean, it's all positivity from here. And of course, I think at this point we're all burnt out from COVID. So I don't, I don't foresee anything really throwing a ranch in our plans.
0: No. Amen. Well, now is the time to get this very critical John Campbell question out of the way. It's uh uh it's a good time to do this because i want to transition to a different line of uh uh, kind of chatting here conversation but john is asking you if if hypothetically you were going to put a pair of focal sopras i think i'm saying that correct twos in your showroom what color would you choose so th- with might is this a joke of a question or are you just really a debate? No, I mean, it's it's, right
1: so, it's it's a joke, but it's somewhat serious. Um, he knows my opinion. So we, we, like I was telling you before we went live, we we're completely gutting out our showroom and redoing it and creating a living room set up with a, uh, I don't even know what type of stone that is on the wall, but it's, it's colorless. It's like a white stone. And like so a marble they make
0: colored, like a light. Yeah. It's
1: limestone. I uh, uh, that's, channel your inner um, interior
0: designer matt you well can do yeah
1: it. well my opinion was we needed kohler in that area so they make these orange speakers well one humtronics is orange right like that's just kind of our color so i was like that would look awesome i would want those orange speakers um our worry is you know the the wives will come in with their husbands and not want orange speakers in their house so there's also a wood you panel. might hear a shriek there's also a wood panel. <laughs> yeah. They're like, those are ugly. <laughs> and, and they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be architectural. So they, they should look nice. So they make wood paneled ones as well. So he wants the wood paneled. I want the orange. We'll see.
0: I think from a branding standpoint, I agree. I think if you did not plan on the necessity to move those, because that also costs you money to put stuff on display. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it's not free. So if if you don't plan to have to move them, I, I do think they would look cool to have orange. But I, I do see, I mean, John's got a point. Many an in, in interior designer or, you know, spouse in that family unit is probably one half's going to love orange and the other half's probably going to hate with a capital. Oh, H yeah, no, it definitely. We'd down.
1: probably sell more with the wood panel. So we should probably go with that. I'll let him win this one. Every now and then he has to uh, I have to let him win a battle to keep them happy. Uh, he
0: says he's willing to go with white. I just saw the comment. <laughs> We're not going to fly.
1: That's that. <laughs> all
0: right. All right. Just stick with wood. John, Stay, take the wind, take the wind, stick with wood. Uh, that's funny. Oh, Wim is Ooh. saying Wim, uh, our friend out of Spain, he says, uh, portal did orange pants and it worked out for them. So go and go with, orange. Oh, there we go. All we'll, right. uh, can...
1: we'll, we'll open it up to, we'll open it up to the community. We'll, we'll put a little poll on Facebook and see what everyone wants.
0: There you go. You heard it here, guys. It's going to be a Facebook poll and the the winner takes all. So, uh, Matt, back to operations and and kind of that core. uh, One of the things that excited you about joining the company was this concept of growth. Uh, How do you think about that and how did you start to map out a strategy of growth? Like, what does that mean? Growing within your current market, taking on new markets? What did that mean to you?
1: uh well, both of those um you know i i I don't like to attack you know one front at once. I wanna go after as many as i can so in within our own market, it was definitely how can we get more leads in the door um uh, or not necessarily in the door, but you know through online was the main uh, platform I was going after uh, but you know John had built this very large network of People that referred us and that was where everything was word of mouth and you know we were getting some major jobs around the country because they had heard about us and we were getting some major jobs within the community because they'd heard about us and that's great Um, my goal was to then how do we keep growing that network how do we keep bringing in new leads Um, so that was one aspect of that growth strategy was just to get organic growth off the website someone googling home theater control for, you know, outdoor, whatever, uh, will find us and they'll click on our website. And I know I'm kind of giving you a plug here and you told me not to, but it is, it was a major part of my strategy. Well, you, you've so, done
0: it. So now I'm going to share it. Uh, we'll see if I can get yeah, the technology to behave. So there's your website.
1: Uh, you keep talking, yeah. I, I'll navigate. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll, I'll well, poke I, around. You know, they, they click on that and they're like, wow, these guys are legit without having ever even talked to us. Um, and that was my idea. And that's probably what I told you that second day. I was like, I have no idea what we do. I don't know our brands. I don't know if we're more residential, more commercial, but I want someone who clicks on our uh, website to be like, these guys are professional. If they go to our social media, that was another aspect of it. Um, it's very you know, millennial mindset. It's very 2020, but that's how I look at uh, every business. I go to their Instagram, I go to their Facebook page, and I go to their website. And then I call. So that's, you know, that's where I, that's where my mind was at on the growth within the market. And then each of those customers we do a good job for and they'll, we'll go right back to word of mouth with them. Um, And that's where John shines. And then on the side of actual new markets, it was mostly looking at where the job's coming from outside of Northeast Arkansas. Of course, we consider Memphis within our market, you know, that's only an hour away. Uh, Little Rock's kind of right there on the threshold, but Northwest Arkansas, you know Fayetteville Bentonville Rogers area, was really the area I saw right for the picking. Um, you know, if you just look at the development going on there, Walmart has recently announced their new campus that they're building. Um, so development has taken off, prices and the area has skyrocketed. Um. There's a lot of ex- Walmart executives is headquartered there. JB Hunt, Tyson's, you know, there's a lot of really large companies headquartered in that area with executives and they want the stuff that we sell. Um, and it was almost like a no brainer. There's almost not much thought going into the process. Cause you look at, you know, if you look at compet- competition, there's some really great integrators up there. Um, but there's more than enough jobs to go around. And, you know, I think they, I can, you know, really named three, maybe four integrators in that area. We have three in Jonesboro, which is like significantly smaller size. So, you know, the competition, it's greener pastures. It's, it was no brainer to get up there. So as soon as we got ourselves, guy, who's one of our techs, he's starting to really shine and do some great things. He's up there now just hustling and closing jobs for us. And it's going really, really well. Had the, had
0: your family business Uh, in the past, would they choose to not do projects in different markets? Was that a, were they mindful of saying no to other geographies or is it just that today, because of that, you just mentioned that construction that's happening in that market, it's booming. And so you're going where the jobs are and you're just, you're following that. What was the decision in the past? Do you know?
1: Uh, I mean, everything was based out of Northeast Arkansas. So it wasn't are you talking about, you're talking about in terms of Comtronics, right? Comtronics. You yes. said that family, okay. <laughs> um, I don't think, you know, there There wasn't necessarily the staff to expand. Um, I don't think there's really the desire to um, put that extra effort and investment into either, you know, looking at buying a company or hiring up and getting the right people there. Um, and then who would manage, you know, there's a lot going into that, that I just think. And maybe the job, there weren't as many jobs. Um, you know, we have a lot of connections in that area and they've been very nice to us and, you know, we're grateful for them. And because of that and just kind of the timing of everything, it was just the right time to make that move. That I don't think it was, probably wasn't the right time in the past. We were too focused on just growing our market share here in the Northeast our, part of the state.
0: You, I, I think I know this to be the case, but if not, correct me. You guys are looking at growing uh, not only organically, but also if and when the opportunity strikes through acquisition. And at least I, I know you think that way. I don't know if you guys have done that or acted on that.
1: We haven't. Uh, you know, we, we got in some conversations with a couple of companies, um, you know, and I just could not convince myself that it was the right move. Um, obviously, you have, you know, you, you, need, the, you need the staff. And that's what they would bring to the table is something that works. And but you and I was listening to your podcast with uh, Bravis CEO um, Brian Ryan Anderson. Anderson, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know he kind of said the same thing. How they did Bravis was everyone got into alignment before they made it happen. And you know that's that's just a whole other battle to fight. Is if you buy a company, you got to bring them into your way of doing things. You got to pick and choose. The problem I see in our industry with that kind of acquisition mindset is a lot of companies are owner operator and if you take away the ownership part of that does that person really want to stay um and is it almost a cult of personality where they're now do their employees want to stay um that was my fear and really what's the what how do you put a price on that and it just didn't seem like it seemed like the risk was too much for how much you would have to pay to buy a company um and that's just,
0: I. E. you certainly could buy the company someone would accept a paycheck but yeah someone someone wants the money what, what you don't know with confidence is will all that is that company which frankly is the people right would people stick right and so there's no way to force I, them
1: to stick there's yeah and i mean you could try um i personally if you came to me and tried in the way that i would be thinking this is the only way with like non-competes and everything i'd be like I'm out <laughs> like, see ya, especially if I was the owner. I don't want to, you know, most owners have that same mindset. You don't want to work for someone else. Um, so that's just the way it is. Um, so I didn't see, I didn't think it was worth it. I thought for a lot less money, I can grow organically and it might take an extra year or two to get to scale or the right size, but that's that's just the way it's going to have to be.
0: How are you guys handling, um, Getting people you know i I just actually this is a uh, cdia virtual CDA week i I taught a course uh, with my manager of people operations. I taught the course yesterday morning and I actually taught it around hr and hiring practices you told um, me uh well it, I think it's going to be available on well i've got it saved. i'll send it okay, send it over to me uh, I'll send it over but i'm I'm curious how you guys are currently thinking about staffing and and finding people and just kind of how you manage the whole hiring process i mean is there yeah any
1: secrets you, know, you have anything I that you want to share I, if anyone has secrets please send them my way um i think one of the largest hindrance to any company in this industry is the ability to hire experienced and talented technicians um and it's something we struggle with and you know i we just kind of started opening that door to new hires Um, we plused up our staff earlier in the year, but at the time I saw it as an investment. So I took, you know, younger guys who I knew I could train and that's who I was looking for, um, was, you know, barring some experienced guy walking through the door. I was kind of, I knew I had to take, um, someone who was smart, interested and willing to put in the effort to learn. Um, now we're kind of, we are looking for experienced people. We need experienced people. Um, so, any any uh, secrets on how to find those people? <laughs> like, let me uh, know. Oh, I
0: thought you were gonna drop anyone I, I, interested. If here I in did, email, if I did have that no. secret,
1: I would not be telling it to the public. I <laughs> would oh, be that's... keeping it to myself. No. no,
0: it's so true, man. I, I, you mentioned that you are, uh, you you had your best sales quarter in history, and what makes an integrator so different than a retailer? Is that when business pops, a retailer can sell more boxes Mm -hmm. and they can make up for a bad month or a bad quarter, but an integrator, so much of what you do, there's a bottleneck, which is your ability to put people on the project and pull the wire and install the stuff and program the stuff. I mean, it just, you can only do so much, even if it's raining, your bucket is fixed.
1: Right. I mean, it, you know, and that's something that was hard for me when I first got back to come to that realization that, you know, I was coming from retail. Um, so I saw that, you know, you you get your numbers that day and you know what you did. You have your goal for the next day. You know, the cash flow in this industry, it's most similar to construction, right? You you sell a job, you get a deposit, you order the product, you schedule it, and then you have, you know, multiple stages of the project and you progressive bill. and you know, keep that cash flow, keep the cash flowing, but you might, you know, we might have, well, we did have the largest quarter and we're only halfway through the last month of the quarter. Um, Half that could come in next month, half that could come in the next month, and half of that could come in midway through 2021, you know, it's like really projecting out and having to stay on top of that. Um, But that is the issue is you do get bottleneck and especially in times like right now where production and shipping is just atrocious. It's you know making that decision do you want to keep a lot of product on hand and have a huge inventory or do you want to continue with what we've always done in order for the job? So I mean there you know it's just daily decisions and you know I'm sure one company will do it one way, another company will do it another way and I'm not sure there's the best way but what you choose to do.
0: Any vendors you want to give a shout out to because maybe they're handling inventory in a particularly positive way or they're making product available to you? Uh, I didn't tell you that in advance. I would ask. Yeah, that. I wasn't prepared
1: for that. I, don't I certainly don't want you to here. call <laughs>
0: anyone out negatively. Yeah, right. no, and I, I won't that. do
1: that. I definitely will. I, I'm smart enough not to do that. Well, I'm smart enough, but, you know, I might be mean you enough. You might be tempted because <laughs> yeah. you really want some stuff and Squeaky Wheel gets that. Yeah, no, the uh, you know, True Audio done really well. They still get us our product, you know, our speaker line. They get us our product very quickly. Um, we can pretty much contact them anytime and get what we need from them. Um, you know, we go through ADI to get a lot of, you know, our cameras and stuff from Hike Vision and many other products because they're just a wholesale distribution and, you know, they're, Locate they have a place in Little Rock. So when we're down there for business, we can pick up stuff and you know they've done a good job. So I'll give a shout out to those two.
0: Big picture for uh access to to hardware and inventories. What I mean, what's the word on the street? What's the scuttlebutt When do you think this gets better for everyone, yourself in the industry? I think soon.
1: Heart? I don't I don't know. I can I'm not gonna pick a date, but I think it will be soon. I'm starting to see more and more product come in. People seem to Things seem to be opening back up, and they seem to be getting their products um, and putting them together and getting it to us. Um, you know, a big one was Sonos, and I don't—I'm not calling them out for being bad. I I'll think call just them out. Had...
0: I've been waiting for my portals for my house for
1: <laughs> yeah. weeks. Well, I've been waiting for Sonos arcs for months. <laughs> and so, oh no, okay. Um, right. But you know, I'm gonna—you know—I'm not calling them out for being bad. I think they released a product right at the beginning of a shutdown. And right at the time where you look at Home Depot and Lowe's and they're posting what like 150 percent like increase in earnings because everyone's doing home improvement, of course everyone's now trying to buy this new speaker that's coming out. So I don't I don't blame them. It's just terrible timing.
0: I, I just, and, speaking of that, you know, I you know I, my internet went out yesterday and I I was preparing. That I might need be out for weeks, maybe longer. I didn't know how long it would take the developer to rerun rerun my fiber line, and uh, I started calling around to AT and T stores to get their access point, their hotspot. All the stores are sold out. Like, oh yeah, you can't. And all the eight, so I was just, I was almost panicking because I was like, oh my god, if I'm without internet. Oh my God, what do I do? And I yeah. can't even get an access point to get on the internet.
1: Well, I mean, it's access points, TVs. Um, you know, if you go to, well, we also got hit by a double whammy. We had a tornado here in Jonesboro about, I guess, back in March, took out Best Buy. Luckily, no one was injured in this tornado. So they get knocked you know, down the store? Gone, completely gone.
0: What happened to all the so, electronics? They blew around and people are on the street, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah, but I guess. But luckily, no one was hurt. Um, but I mean, that's something you know. We've now been hit by, you know, so, you know, you're not really competing competing with Best Buy, you know, directly. Oh, you are, but you're not. You know, they're two very different. Yeah, entities. no, you
0: They're in the electronics um, business. The, the, but you know, some might go to
1: Best Buy, Walmart, Sam's Club to buy a TV. Well, they can't go to Best Buy anymore, and they know we install. TVs as part of our project, so like they'll start contacting us. Well, then all of a sudden, all the backup—I mean, you can't find TVs anywhere, and that's been a huge issue. Um, so, you know, Best Buy was kind of a blessing since no one got hurt. I can say that, um, but also, you know, that's also been a huge part of the increase in the small cells, that kind of more retail sales that will do.
0: Question: uh, This week is CEDIA. This is CEDIA Virtual Week are, are uh, not to call you out but just out of curiosity are you guys participating and uh is that even on your map or radar as something to do or or are you guys too busy
1: i would imagine john will find time um i honestly had not even put it on my you know my schedule my had not really i get the emails all the time and they kind of just go straight to the trash um yeah. just i i you know if i Something piques my curiosity. I'll definitely participate, but as far as I know, I will not be, but that's nothing against anyone that's just yeah
0: no I for sure just I, I like taking the pulse and we just just so happen to be doing it in a very public way that's all yeah um yeah. the the future uh or the what does the future hold for buying <clears throat> groups? I know you're in Azion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have customers in all the major buying groups, and all the major buying groups have either canceled their events, you know, and or moved to virtual events. Um, as a uh an integration firm that is at a peak of busyness that you haven't seen in some time, how mm-hmm. does that affect you guys? Or is that on your radar as an issue? I know it's a, I know it's an issue for vendors that are trying to get the attention of business. Right. I'm curious if it's on the radar of the the small business integration firm as mattering.
1: It's, it's, all right, so it's on my radar. I am paying attention to it. And main reason being we joined um, ASEAN, I guess back in December. So we are new and they canceled the first uh, convention of the year. So I haven't had a chance to really go down there and really get involved and meet anybody. Um, So I want to go for that purpose. Is it on my radar? Is like an issue? Like, do I like really care one way or another? You benefit though
0: from the the programs. Right. Financially, you're immediately benefiting. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like I I am curious that I want to get involved, you know, part of the selfish reason is I think the the fall convention was in D.C. And of course, I want to go back to D.C. and see all my friends. So, like, you know, there was a little bit of selfishness there, but um, I hope. It's supposed to be in October, so honestly, I've might have been ignoring those emails as well.
0: No, <laughs> no, no. It, yeah, it's it's been canceled.
1: Okay. Yeah, you oh, I will still. I actually am still going to be in DC. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I. I think, to my knowledge, and if anyone knows differently, please post a message. I think all uh, buying group events this fall have I've been canceled. I, they've been moved. I think mostly to some sort of a virtual. A virtual. Activity. Yeah, that's a what I'm, I'm believing.
1: I i've seen but i you know but no i'm i am excited for that to get started again
0: so awesome matt a lot of our audience uh are watching uh now or they're watching in replay uh and or uh they're listening at some point whether here in the the fall of 2020 or maybe they're listening down the road um you bring a, a wealth of operations and leadership experience into this role within Hometronics. And I always love if, if you've had an observation or an epiphany or, or uh, you've been able to affect change in your business in a positive way, if there's some nugget of gold or just thing that you would have others be mindful of, anything that jumps uh, to the front of your, your, your mind to share with our audience?
1: Well, I hope I've made changes in a positive way. They, look, they seem to be positive from <laughs> all the numbers, but... Um, You know, the one thing I just try to live by every day when I'm looking at what I want to do to, one, we're always trying to improve, but kind of the motto I go by is stagnation kills. Um, You can also say complacency kills. Um, But it goes back to just, you know, not getting complacent, always looking, searching out those inefficiencies and finding ways to make them better. Um, And that's really, if I had to define my role, that's pretty much what I do as I seek out and try to get us better every single day in order to grow and build a stronger foundation so stagnation kills don't get complacent
0: love it do you still see your role Matt into the you know I'll just say maybe the the year ahead as plugging yourself into areas of inefficiency within the business and basically just I think I, I think I'm kind of right there thing. at
1: the end of my last big changes I want to make you know yeah. I, and I'm starting to kind of get more involved in the warehouse and I kind of actually enjoy being back there. Cause it's with the guys and I'm kind of on the ground with them. Um, so I kind of feel like that's where I'm going to be for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't think I'll ever really stop. You know, there'll always be somewhere that we can get better. Um, I don't want to cause chaos. I don't, I don't enjoy that. I, sh- I like chaos personally, but I don't want our guys to feel that chaos. So I will do what I feel is right and put myself where I think is the best spot to be.
0: Awesome. Matt, for those that are, are watching or listening and they want to get directly in touch with you, what do you recommend? What's best?
1: Uh, you can shoot me an email at, matt, M-A-T-T, at Uh That's probably the best and easiest way to get a hold of me. And yeah, shoot me an email.
0: I am going to attempt matt at my home. That's Tronics with a I-X,
1: correct? Correct.
0: I'm going to put that on the screen. Tell me if I did it right.
1: It's moving. Makes reading hard. Yep, that's right.
0: All right. So for those that are at least watching the video, you'll see it. It's Matt at myhometronics.com. And your website URL is myhometronics.com. Yeah.
1: Well. So check that out too. That yeah, can be, you know, I know a guy if you need a website
0: there you go he knows a guy matt thank you for for taking time out of your your busy schedule and i i know you were set up at your home office and you very politely offered to drive into the office to make sure the internet uh was going to be robust enough for this show so thank you for doing that
1: no it's it's no problem it's two minutes away so <laughs> awesome
0: thank you matt thanks for for being on episode one thirty-seven. i appreciate
1: appreciate you having having me on
0: thanks for tuning in to another episode of automation unplugged for a full transcript of this show and all previous shows head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash a u there you'll find links to all transcripts show notes Facebook Live recordings, and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are at LLC on all platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.